Hello and welcome to our podcast Invite Only and this week we are in Vegas with Laura Armstrong. It is 3am on the strip and she has just been one of the first audience members to see Kylie at her new residency. Laura, how are you doing? I'm very, very tired but on a massive high after seeing Kylie tonight. Um, this is obviously the long-awaited Vegas debut for her at the Voltaire in the Venetian uh, on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, it's been in the planning for a year and a half now. Huge amounts of work has gone into the show. And I was in the front row to see it happen. And it was an front amazing, row. amazing show. Yeah, in the front row. So it's been an amazing night, albeit a very, very tiring one. I mean, I've seen some clips already um, doing the rounds on Twitter about her dancing on tables. Um, I know that she promised that it was going to be her most intimate experience ever with fans. Did it live up to the expectations? What was it like? It definitely did. I think that there's a, obviously there's a lot of people doing these Vegas residencies at the moment. We've heard a lot about all of them and I think that people do lump them into one category. And obviously there's there's a big difference between something like the Coliseum for Adele and, and this venue for Kylie, which is literally a thousand people in it. So it's very, very small. It's a very intimate setting. Rather than kind of a big arena feel, it's very much like a lounge, like the old school kind of how you imagined the Vegas lounges would have been back in you know the 1920s. So lots of seating and tables and a big stage that comes out um, in a sort of T-shape to the front with all, lots of seating around it. And that's where everybody is. So it does feel very much like she's she's a few feet in front of you. It's not it's not at all like a dot on the stage in a distance. You really feel like you're in the room. And that's a big part of what, what I understand that they wanted to do with this. Like I've had conversations with the organisers since I've been in Las Vegas and this is very much the feel they wanted to achieve. They feel like this is this is more Kylie's vibe. She has a great relationship with her fans. They feel very passionately about their support for her and she really wanted to honour that by giving them the most close-up experience she really could. And the the atmosphere in that room was was honestly absolutely electric. Um, she There were three acts for the performance. And when she started to do in the third act, she suddenly emerged, having done this costume change, this wonderful rainbow fringed gown with a big pink fur coat. She suddenly emerged in the audience and she started moving around and jumping on people's tables and just jumping in front of them. And the mood, it was like the best party you've ever been to. And what was the audience like? Sort of what, what type of people? Well, there was obviously, she, Kylie obviously has a really strong LGBTQIA fan base, but it was very mixed, I'd say. I was surprised that... There was an element of that, but then, you know, there was a real range in terms of the people that were there, to be honest. I mean, Kylie, you forget Kylie's been around for five decades. That's a huge amount of people who have kind of grown to love her music. And obviously she's produced a lot that's, that has very different feels to it. She uh, she began really, really strongly with Light Years, which is one of my favourites. And she went through the sort of more recent hits like Padam, which obviously everybody knows so well now and tension from the latest album but then she also harked back to former years to the 80s where she did the locomotion which you would have thought it sounds a bit a bit niche now but it actually went down an absolute storm she had all of her dancers they went out into the crowd they were grabbing people to join onto the train it was a real i can't stress enough this wasn't watching a concert with somebody this was being part of a big kylie party which was just amazing yeah that sounds perfect and i think she had fresh um, routines for every single song bar too, all freshly choreographed. It's quite, it's quite a skill, isn't it? Did she? Was there any blunders, or was she immaculate? 
absolutely immaculate and she looked amazing as well no there was there was no there was no kind of like i mean i feel like the sort of feel in the room was that if she had messed up at some point i don't think you know nobody would have batted an eyelid really but she didn't she was kind of step and word perfect and it's amazing really if you think how long she's been going to to sort of produce a routine like that and for it to be flawless and so energetic as well i think you often see kind of as people get slightly older the routine is getting slightly gentler but it was quite a long set in terms of the dance routines and the choreography she really threw her all into it and and sort of people were very appreciative of that and obviously it's a new venue um opening for the first time um and i know that tickets can range from sort of 260 pounds right through to sort of you know i think a thousand pounds um for like table seats and stuff what was it like in the venue can you describe it for us it was very um i mean i think i, I mentioned earlier it's very much kind of how you would expect one of those old school Vegas venues to be. Like a lot of sort of lounge seating, they had big kind of structures that were kind of diamond shaped. And the thing that hits you first when you walk in the room is they've got these sort of spheres, like bubbles, bubbles descended from the ceiling on strings and they move up and down in accordance to the music and whatever is happening. So it's, and that really kind of is a very impactful part of what you're looking at. but I think, you know, it, it's very, very 1920s old school glamour, I think is is the vibe that they were going for when they did this. Um, and it, and it's, a, it's, an, it's a unique one for, for the Venetian because they haven't really had a club and it is very much a sort of club vibe. And I think uh, I was speaking to one of the organisers, they have Christina Aguilera um, appearing there in the same venue around Christmas and their plan is to keep pulling out these uh, these residencies with these massive stars but in this very intimate venue and I think it is offering something that's very different to what currently available and I think certainly I mean Christina I would think in that um, venue would also be amazing because the impact that her voice would have somewhere small would really send shockwaves down the spine I think Absolutely um, and obviously you know it is different to Adele it's a quarter of the size of Adele's crowd um, she you know, tells a lot of stories on stage. Did Kylie open up at all or was it very much banger after banger? I think it was very much banger after banger. Like the speculation beforehand or or the questions people were asking were, is she going to go down that route? Is she going to be quite open? Because obviously as well for her, she's looking back over five decades. It's it's quite a nostalgic thing to be doing. Um, But she, I think that she sort of let the music very much do the talking. The, The bit where she sort of let a bit of emotion come through which was nice to see actually was um a lot of fans had bought her kind of presents and things like that and there was one fan that had a cassette so so an old cassette obviously from from the days of the beginning of her career which is sort of a bit of an antique now really but she was sort of she was looking at it and she was sort of saying you know like my eight-year-old self would not believe that that this is where i am now my 10-year-old self wouldn't believe where i was now and she was talking about how when she was 17 the very first record she made just had three tracks on it and there was no record company no anything she just produced it as a demo and and there was sort of a pause there and you could see her sort of reflecting back on how far she'd come and it was it was perfect actually because that was the moment that she sort of launched into locomotion so <laughs> so it kind of it, it was it was quite an emotional moment really but I think I don't think that she was obviously very moved by the affection in the room for her it, it would have been very hard for her not to have been I think it partly because you know, much as we in the audience get that feel that she's so close to us and you're part of something, that must also be quite intense for her. And I think there were points where she was definitely 
looking a little bit just overwhelmed by how much support and love she was getting for the rest of the room. But I think she was very determined to kind of hold it together, um, which is actually, actually what she did. And, and it was, she was clearly having the time of her life. Like, I mean, no one forced that girl up on a table. She she <laughs> definitely wanted to be there. And is she joined by um, a group of backing dancers or, or what is the choreography? Yeah, so there are a group of, of backing dancers, but it, it's quite it's quite minimal there's a strip of the stage that comes out and for a a lot of the show she's kind of at the end of that while the dancers are in the middle so you've got something to kind of see at all points but she's the main event and then on the stage they're kind of around her I mean it's not the massive dance production to the extent that they're in absolutely um, every number and focus is very much on her but they are they are obviously there in a supportive role that really comes into itself in songs like Padam and Tension the real kind of dance bangers where everyone is just kind of standing up and going a bit nuts. Um, it just gives a slightly different feel for it. But it, it was a very um, varied show actually in spite of that because she sort of, she did go from the bangers to to things like Sloan. She did an Elvis tribute. What, what was the Elvis tribute? So the set list, she began with um, Light Years. She went into Supernova. She did Your Disco Needs You. Come into my world, Vegas High, which was incredible because she got all of her dancers to lift her up on their shoulders at the end of the platform, which was a real kind of moment of performance. She did In Your Eyes, followed by Get Out of My Way, then Tension, slowed down a bit for slow, and she did Hold On to Now, Can't Help Falling in Love, the Elvis tribute, Confide in Me, Magic, Spinning Around, which was when she got onto the tables, then The Locomotion. And all the lovers, which was obviously one that the audience really responded to, because she sort of, in introducing that, she sort of said, and obviously all of you are all of the lovers. So people felt very much like they belonged in that. She did Padam Padam, which she wore an incredible red outfit for that with a cloak. And she was on a main stage. She was lifted up on a platform with dancers all around her. So that was also very impactful. Um, she did Can't Get You Up My Head, followed by the one. And then she finished on a real high with Love at First Sight. So that's the set list in its entirety. That sounds so good. I, I believe that no two nights are necessarily going to be the same. I think she's going to be changing it quite a bit. Yeah, I think so. I think that they rehearsed to a really, really high level. They did a full rehearsal um, earlier this week with, I think the venue was kind of packed with Venetian staff and friends and family. So they've had a full run through. But I think the feeling from, from her team certainly is that once she had the first show out of the way, that she will be keen to play with it a little bit more and to have a bit more fun with it. And it's the kind of, it's set up in the kind of way that you can imagine that working really well because it is a very relaxed vibe. Uh, at one point during the set, she did, she referenced some of her fans and she said that, you know, some of you, some of you have been part of the Kylie party for a long time and some of you are new Know, new invitees to the Kylie party but it, it very much felt like that that's I think the best way you could probably sum up the feeling in the room um, and, and it says a lot for her that she could create that and, and take people with her yeah and it, it's a massive thing though um, did you detect any first time nerves from her did you see anything at the start that or was she just totally pro she was very pro but I think that possibly as I wonder if as the shows go on well whether we'll see more speaking from her in between songs. I think that there was a sort of, you know, possibly because we're used to stars like Adele being very open on stage, 
I would have possibly expected a little bit more. And I think that's probably where you see a, just a hint of the fact that she wanted it all to go out with a hitch and she wanted to be very much in control of it. I think, you know, even for a megastar like Kylie, your first night in Vegas after a year and a half of planning is is nothing to be sniffed at. And I think that once she's kind of a little bit more into the groove of it, because she's going to be there till next May, so this is this show isn't going anywhere. Um, you know, once she's into the groove of it a bit more, it's established as a success. You know, people will be giving it rave views. And I think at that point, you'll start to see that she she relaxes a little bit into it and maybe gives a little bit more in between the songs in a way that she perhaps didn't want to tonight because she was so fixed on this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. And and I know exactly what I'm doing. I think she will loosen the reins a bit, hopefully, as the, as the run goes on. Absolutely. Did you um, see any other celebrities in the audience? You know what? That's one of the things that that was... That's what I would say was the only kind of possible disappointment in that for her, that, that there wasn't a particularly star-studded guest list. Um, I don't know whether people were unable to make it out or, or what the situation there was. but That could be very decent in just obviously um, she's just given the fans, you know, first dibs on the tickets um, with no Well, that, well that's also possible. Like the, the tickets, for, for me to get the ticket to be there, was incredibly difficult. As you know yourself, I didn't have this confirmed until Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind that was that there was a sort of conflict within her team whereby some members of the team felt that they didn't want to have almost too much attention on the first night because they wanted her to get it out of the way, which again is perhaps an indicator that she felt more nerves than we saw on stage. But perhaps it is that. Perhaps she felt that, that you know, that she wanted to get the first one out of the way, as it were. And that as the stories go on, we'll see more people kind of, um, you know, coming out to see her, particularly as the reviews come in and, and are brilliant. But it was quite, um, in terms of celebrity, there wasn't a lot there. But it, it to be honest, it, it, it that's also quite a nice thing to see. You know, when I first went into the venue, um, you, it's sort of arranged circular um, around all the tables are kind of around the stage. And then you've got, you've got, um, seats that are actually right on top of the stage to the extent that you could put your elbows on it if you wanted to and uh, when I first went in a lot of those seats were empty and you sort of look at it and you go right is this going to be the A-list yeah. <laughs> that come in now while all the fans are you know towards the back of the venue but actually the people came in and filled those seats for fans that's a nice thing to see it's, it's obviously one of the perks of celebrity as we know is that you get front row seats for a lot of things but it was also nice to see that, that for once the, the front row wasn't, all of those tickets weren't taken by people who have the privilege of doing these things a lot. Well, it sounds like an amazing night and it seems like anyone who has forked out, you know, hundreds to, to thousands of pounds, you know, are going to get their money's worth by seeing their idol back close, you know, giving it her all. So, yeah, thank you so much for putting us in. No, no, of course. I'm so pleased. It's 100% worth the jet lag. I would do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> and it, uh, what an experience being able to go to Vegas and, and see Kylie up close and personal. I actually think it's going to put a little bit of pressure on other artists because I think that it's the sort of thing that, you know, maybe people look around and, and go, well, actually, why why couldn't someone else do that? It'd be interesting to see if others follow suit and, and this particular venue and other smaller ones like it managed to sign up more big artists like this to give fans a similar experience, really. I can't wait to see. Um, but obviously other news from this week, I one I really wanted to talk to you about is Britney. 
because we've had so much Britney drama, haven't we, over the last couple of weeks. Everything that's been going on with her and her explosive memoir. But you're revealing this week in the paper that she's been receiving support from a slightly surprising quarter. Yeah, it's such a sweet story, actually. Um, so Janet Jackson has been supporting and guiding Britney um, over the past few months. Um, because Britney's obviously found it extremely difficult to delve so deep into the personal archives and air her trauma with Justin Timberlake, you know, the abortion and, and, and everything else. And um, what I hadn't realised is that their relationship goes back to the Super Bowl um, when obviously Justin um, opened her, well, her bodice and re- revealed her breasts on stage. And Janet's career like just absolutely plummeted as his skyrocketed. Um, and it was at the same time that Britney, um, you know, was accused of cheating on Justin and he sort of fueled the fire there. So the two of them bonded over their treatment, um, in public over him. And yeah, three months ago, uh, Janet reached back out to Britney and, and has just been supporting her through this difficult time. Um, and it's just so sweet to see two women just backing each other up like that. Um, and I think it's probably what Britney really needs right now as well. I think it's quite an isolating time for her. So just really sweet and lovely to hear. Yeah, I was really pleased to hear it when you told me about this because I just think, like, obviously things have hopefully improved for Britney now. Conservatorship is a thing of the past. But I, I still feel with, with Britney, it's, you, you look around her and you, you see so many people that could have potential agendas. And it just seems to me that this is one, this is a woman who, a knows the showbiz industry inside out. B has something in common with her, has a, a long-standing kind of connection that that will mean hopefully that she feels free to trust her, and it feels like someone who can give her really solid advice. I think, you know, Brittany is is someone that that you know I know we're, we're both big fans of, but is is a, a troubled character, and you feel like she needs all the help and support she can get right now. And I think that it's it's very encouraging to see it coming from that quarter and actually for both of them that something good actually came out of two absolutely horrendous situations I remember that both of those really really well and and feeling immensely sorry for them both so I think it's um it's nice that something good has come out of it yeah I'm I'm sort of here for the comeback collaboration with Janet Jackson (laughs) I like this needs to happen now (laughs) Um, we can only hope (laughs) we can only hope and obviously elsewhere this week, um, Robbie Williams is kicking off his promo for his Netflix doc, uh, which drops next Wednesday. Um, I went to his little pop-up in London to celebrate the launch of it, where they screened the first episode and he was there um, with Ada. Um, and yeah, it's quite the emotional roller coaster. I mean, it's nothing that we've not necessarily heard before. Um, we know his troubles with alcohol and really, really heavy stuff, but to actually see it as he, he's watching the footage back on his laptop for the first time. You know, he's never seen himself in some of these states before. Um, and it's like this sort of self-therapy and we're watching it with him. Um, and it's really, really, oh, it's it's hard hitting. And at one point he's joined on the bed by his 10-year-old daughter, Teddy, as well. And, and she sort of says to him, like, who did you hate most in Take That? And he starts talking about Gary and goes deep into this regret that he feels for how horrible he was to Gary. Like there's still some vengeance there. Like they definitely didn't get on and you see that playing out in full. Um, but yeah, to see him sort of like being counseled by Teddy, it's it's a really intimate look um, at his life. Did it make you like him more watching it? Because I, I do sort of feel with these Netflix documentaries, they're so powerful 
Um, but they are becoming something that a lot of people do. And and sometimes you wonder if it's, if it, you know, w- what sort of purpose it serves in a way. I mean, obviously, if people find it helpful to, to put these things out there and to air them, then obviously that's their choice. And, and, and personally, I always find them really interesting to watch. But I think sometimes you do sort of wonder whether it's necessary, I suppose. Does he come across well in it? He does come across well in it, absolutely. Um, weirdly, I think for him, the reason for him doing it is honestly this sort of self-therapy. Um, it's to help him move on. And it's a weird way of doing it, isn't it? <laughs> and he decided not to have any talking heads as part of it. He didn't want it to be about, you know, celebrities t- having their take on him or involving them. It was very much his own personal look back. Um, and it, by all accounts, it, it, when he was there at the launch on um, Wednesday, he just says all he wants anyone that's watching to do is just go, yeah, I enjoyed that, and then go to bed. He's like, he, he doesn't want like, yeah, he's not in like some huge competition with David Beckham. He doesn't care. I think, well, he just, I think ultimately it comes down to the fact that so much stuff was written about him in the 90s. Stuff that he, you know, he, he even said, he, you know, there was a lynching all the time. Um, and he wants to just put his own narrative out there. He wants to set the record straight and he wants to explain you know, what happens at each of these points and, and that he certainly does that and he does that very, very well. And you have a lot of sympathy for him. Just, you know, that media machine back then, it was so intense in the 90s. Take that was huge. He was even bigger when he came back. Um, and yeah, I think he just wants to have his say in history. Yeah, I mean, it's a common theme, isn't it? Because you also have that, that was very much the tone, wasn't it, of the Colleen Rooney documentary that we saw recently on on Disney, her stance on it was that everyone and his wife has had their say about this story, except me, and it's my story. So I don't take anything away from people who want to do it. I think it's just, I I sometimes um, feel a bit uneasy watching these things because they're so interesting and you want to learn about these people, but also they're, they're bearing some quite difficult stuff. And I guess I just watch it and I sort of think, I hope that there's not a negative impact for them of putting that out there. But then, you know, for somebody that's as well loved as Robbie, then then you've got to hope that the, it'll it'll be all love, really. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure it will be. I, I can't think of any reason why anyone would dislike him after watching that. Um, apart from maybe seriously like hard uh, Gary Barlow fans, <laughs> they might hate him even more. But um, yeah, it's so funny. I mean. The way they keep it under lock and key, though, that really fascinated me. Like Ada said, how um, she didn't watch it until this week. She wasn't able to watch it, and she had to watch it in her room on her own with nobody else. <laughs> it was being that highly protected. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Anyway, Laura, I know now you've actually got to file your review for the paper um, on 15 minutes 15 minute sleep in the past 48 hours. Um, whilst Where are you at the moment? I am in a king suite at the Palazzo in Las Vegas. So although I'm very tired, it's, you know, it's all right for some, isn't it? (laughs) Well, good luck. I'll leave you to it. And thanks for filling us in. It sounded amazing. Bye.